Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Hands up if you at one point or another in your life have ever lost something. Hands up if you've lost something at one point in your life. If you haven't got your hand up, that means you have lost your mind. Because at one point or another, we have all lost something. You know, recently I returned from uh, the United States of America, uh, where it's great again, apparently. And um, I was uh, touring with a youth basketball team. We were playing in a competition there and uh, trying to develop some of the up-and-coming Uh, I guess, players in basketball Queensland. And uh, halfway through the trip, we decided to take our athletes to Disneyland. Uh, Has anyone been to Disneyland before over in LA? Okay, there's a few of you. It was great. You know, I got to meet Mickey Mouse and Stormtroopers and and a whole bunch of stuff. I I had a great time. Uh, And it was a great day. But uh, later on that evening, when I got back to my hotel room, uh, one of my athletes called my room to tell me that they had lost their passport. I'm like, passport? I'm like, where where did you last see your passport? And uh, that athlete proceeded to tell me that the last time they saw it was in their bag at Disneyland. And I'm like, are you serious? You took your passport to Disneyland, and lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. So for the next day or so, and let's, let's just also keep in mind that there were only two business days left before we had to depart and fly back to Brisbane. So uh, already I was banking on a miracle from the Almighty uh, to get this situation sorted out. Uh, but anyway, this, this feeling of a lost passport was very unpleasant to me. And the next morning I went into the player's room and I was going through all of the, all of the staff and belongings, hoping to find what we were looking for, but to no uh, prevail. Very, very difficult time. But I will say that I was able to organise an emergency passport and the printing of it in just one day. One day. So that was a miracle, uh, but I would have preferred not to do that. But we got her safely back to Australia. Uh, She's with her family now, and uh, I got an email from Disneyland about a day ago saying that they found the passport. So uh, cheers, that's uh, that's very helpful. Uh, We have all lost something at one point in our lives. There, there, There seems to be something that we are always looking for. You know, perhaps it's the remote control, maybe it's the the keys to your car, your your, your hat, some clothes, your children, your phone. It seems like we are always looking for something. And uh, with that in mind, I thought it would be a great opportunity to take care of some housekeeping uh, around here at Gateway Redlands. I have a, uh, a lost property box, which I've actually downgraded so that I can hold the thing uh, here this morning. But there are some interesting items in here, and I saw what to me looks like a very cool pair of, uh, of thongs or slip-ons. So if you have a child that's missing a very cool pair of Quicksilver slip-ons, make sure you come and grab them uh, after the service. Jandals, yes, correct. Thank you. I was going to say jandals. But I didn't know if anyone else would realize what I was talking about. But um, please come and get them. Uh, there's also a pair of uh, Alex Perry sunglasses floating around for those who might want to make a dollar or two on eBay. Uh, I think they come in at a cool little price as well. 
So if they're yours, please uh, come and see me after the service. But there's a few other little interesting products in here as well. Like, um, to be honest, I don't even know what this is. Um, Yeah, so if you've had one of these and you no longer do, uh, this could be it. So please come and uh, grab that after the service. That's awesome. What else have we got in this bag? Well, we've got some jumpers here. All right, so once again, belongs to a little one. So if that looks like yours, come and get that. Uh, There's another hoodie here. Uh, Man, it's all over the show. And there's even this, and I'm not surprised about this one. But it's the uh, Gateway Beyond host t-shirt from last year, uh, which means one of our staff members did not enjoy wearing this at all, and they decided just to chuck it wherever they were located when they had finished using it, and uh, it's made its way into our lost property box. It is ugly, so I'm not going to worry about that one as well. Man, there's all kinds of stuff in here. You know, we've got water bottles, we've got caps, we've got more caps, and more caps, and more caps. Yeah, we've got some shoes here and about another 10 pairs behind there as well. Uh, someone obviously lost their giving card to the 90th birthday celebration last year. Uh, so if you're yet to give to that, there's always time to give at Gateway. You know how we roll around here. So um, that's located over there as well. There's a hairbrush. There's some little black things crawling around in there. So I'm not sure if you want that. More shoes. Uh, we've got more jandals. More jandals. Uh, lipstick. Uh, where is Phil Hill? Um, floating around somewhere, is he? Comes with, comes where, there he is. Comes wearing with a blue shirt, water bottles, more water bottles, no pads, charger. Everyone could do with a charger. Who needs a charger right now? Yep. No, Kira, you're always using mine. Here you go. There's a charger for you. No worries. If that did belong to you, I'm sorry, but it's now in the hands of other people. Uh, little scrunchies. You know, I need a scrunchie. Is that yours? Okay, well, we're already uh, making progress. Uh, toy cars. Anyone lost a toy car? Any boys here would like a toy car really quickly? You want one? There you go, my man. That's all yours. That's, that's, that's how we roll here at Gateway Redlands. Uh, USB stick. I'm not going to throw that around just in case there's some uh, confidential material on all that. It seems like we are always looking for something. We are always looking for something. Phones, keys, hats, clothes, water bottles, whatever that weird looking apparatus is there. We all look for something at one point in our lives. Hey, uh, as you heard Jess say, today we are beginning, I'm not going to be able to focus now, I've got all this mess around by the way. Um, It's going to put me off, but Anyways, uh, as just said, today we begin a new series called Encounters. And and if you got your Bible, I want to begin by turning to the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 3. And in John 3, we are introduced for the first time to a man named Nicodemus. And uh, as you will see, uh, it seems as if Nicodemus is looking for something. It seems like he is searching for something more in his life. And and as we spend a little bit of time this morning uh, looking at his life and an encounter 
that he had with Jesus, uh, we're going to learn more about the searching, the seeking that I believe God has placed uh, in the hearts of those who he has created. You know, all you need to do is look around and you'll see people becoming and growing more passionate about certain causes, certain substances, certain relationships. Uh, and, and I can't help but wonder if this is all attached and related to this thing that God puts within us so that we can actually seek him, find him, and experience all that he has in store uh, for his creation. But the life of Nicodemus uh, is an interesting one. So let me read uh, a few verses from John chapter 3. I'm going to kind of pull a few out from verses 1 to 16. But I'm going to read, stop, share, read, stop, share. And at the end, I believe God's got a great word for those of you who may feel like you still haven't found what you're looking for. Now, there's something in your life or in your heart that you know is missing. There is a hole. There is a void. You're not quite sure what it is. Well, I'm believing this morning that God's got a word for you. And I'm believing that God's going to reveal to you exactly what it is that you are missing and what is going to fill that, that void in your life. I have called this morning's message. I still haven't found what I'm looking for, but just give me a couple of minutes. You like that one? Try to get that into the podcast there, Jesse. That's a long message title. John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, reads this. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. Now, I'm going to stop here already and just tell you a couple of things about Nicodemus. So Nicodemus was a Pharisee. And a Pharisee was one who strictly observed the Old Testament law. Okay, as you know, when God freed his people from Egypt and he set them up as a nation, he gave them the Ten Commandments. Over time, things were, or, or more instructions, more commandments were added to that, roughly another 600. Hunch is cool kids lingo for 100. And then as well as that, there were the instructions that we read about in the book of Leviticus. And a Pharisee was one who strictly observed the Ten Commandments, the additions, the instructions of Leviticus. And I'm already tired and exhausted thinking about the effort that's required to uphold such a law. It's called Judaism, the Old Testament covenant, the old law. And in fact, Pharisees believed, probably not verbally, but internally, that righteousness was received and achieved by observing the law. It was a righteousness by works. And not only was, was uh, Nicodemus a Pharisee, but he was also a member of the Jewish ruling council. You know, another word for this is the Sanhedrin, which you may have come across throughout the Gospels from time to time. And the Jewish council or the Sanhedrin was like a, a high court, a supreme court that would make the final decisions around politics and religious practices for the Jewish nation. So Nicodemus was apparently a good, good man. In fact, Israel looked to Nicodemus as an example of what it meant to be good, of what it looked like to faithfully observe Judaism, the Old Testament law, the commandments, the sacrificial system, the holy days, the festivals. He was held in high regard. And on top of that, he was a man that had power. 
He was a man that had authority. He sat on this Sanhedrin, this council, and dictated how the people of God would operate and would function uh, in ancient Israel. That was Nicodemus. Many believe that he was good, that he was faithful, and that he was righteous, all because he upheld the law and he sat on the Jewish ruling council. But the point I want to make about Nicodemus this morning is that it seems as if he's growing frustrated with the effort of upholding and observing the law. It seems as if something is missing in his life. It seems as if he is seeking for something more. And we actually see that in his actions in the verses that are to follow. So let me keep reading from verse 2 to whenever I decide I'm bored and we'll stop. Verse 2, it says, Nicodemus, or he, came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. Notice that he comes to Jesus at night. You know, there were some who have, you know, I guess interpreted both um, you know, ancient texts and also the scriptures who believe that the reason why Nicodemus asked questions or he made the particular comments that he did was because he was actually spying on behalf of the Jewish ruling council, the Sanhedrin. You know, he's rocked up and he's like, oh yeah, you know, you're this, you're that, trying to kind of build rapport before he, you know, questioned him and deconstructed his theology and attacked him and so on. But the fact that he comes at night secretly, so that perhaps the colleagues that he has on the ruling council tells me, and a lot of other scholars, of which I'm not, but I'm not that dumb either, so I'm, I'm all right. Um, so I'm here, and you can probably tell that already, that I'm an intelligent young man. But what this tells me is that there is some sincerity behind his actions. You know, something's missing in his heart and life. He's searching for something more. He still hasn't found what he's looking for. So in the cool and in the secret of the night, he goes and finds this Jesus that he had heard so much about. Early in the ministry of Jesus, his, his profile was growing, but people had already heard a little bit about him. You know, he'd done this, he'd done that, he said this, he said that. And I can't help but wonder if, if Nicodemus went to Jesus in the cool of night with a sincere heart, wanting to know questions, uh, answers to questions like, is this the Messiah? Is this the one that we are waiting for? Is this the one whom the prophets spoke about so many years ago? If I was a gambling man, and I'm not, so don't worry about that. But if I was a gambling man, I would put money down and say, the intentions of Nicodemus are sincere. He's going to Jesus. He's asking questions because there is something missing in his own heart and in his own life. He, knew, he knows there is something more, but he's inquiring of this Jesus who could be the one that has all the answers. Let me keep reading. So in response, on verse 3 now, in response to what uh, Nicodemus was doing and what he said. Verse 3 says, In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. 
How can a man be born when he is old, Nicodemus asked? Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. I just need to be straight up with you tonight, church, or today. I had so many jokes and borderline inappropriate comments that just flooded into my head when I was preparing this message. There were a whole lot. You know, one of them related to how my children looked when they first entered into the world. Uh, one of them in particular, I was thinking, man, I wouldn't mind putting that one back. But, um, but you know, I'm not going to tell you which one that is. But if you want to know, I've got some photos and then you'll realize I'm not as mean and as harsh as I sound. You'll actually agree with me. Uh, but I had all these kind of, uh, kind of things going on in, in my head. But what, what on earth does Jesus mean? What is he talking about when he says, unless you are born again? I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. No man can be born. Oh, how can a man be born when he is old? Surely he cannot enter the womb a second time. What is going on there? Well, listen to what Jesus says more so in verse 5. He says, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So Nicodemus, this good man who is deemed to be faithful, who has power and authority, comes to Jesus in the cool of the night with a sincere heart and desire to know Jesus, to, to hear him and what he has to say. And Jesus knew his heart, and that's why he brings up the kingdom of heaven. No one sees the kingdom of heaven unless he is born again. What does Jesus mean by that? Well, he means that, that he is speaking to this place where the Almighty reigns and rules. You know, he speaks of this place where the blessings of God is flowing. He speaks of a place where there is no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain. And I guess in worldly and secular language, they're kind of speaking of this place where all of your dreams, your desires, and your ambitions can come true. Because ultimately, if you are looking for your dreams, desires, and ambitions to come through, you are wanting like maybe love, or joy, or peace, or or happiness in your life. And, And sadly, people are on a pursuit of these things in all the wrong places. They write songs like, I still haven't found what they're looking for. But Jesus, when speaking of the kingdom of heaven, that's what he's saying. He's saying, you're actually talking about, or I know your heart is for a place where God reigns and rules, where his blessings flow, where there is no more sickness and sorrow, and where the desires of your heart is met. That's why Jesus flips to this idea of the kingdom of heaven. And then we get this, this interesting talk about being born again. Can you enter your mother's womb? Do you need to do a, a Benjamin Button kind of thing? You know, what's going on here? What's Jesus saying? Well, let me just read the verse for you very quickly, and then I'll unpack it. Verse 5, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. What's Jesus talking about here? Well, you know, there are some who would suggest that baptism, i.e. water, is a necessity for salvation. And that just goes against the numerous passages in Scripture 
that talk about how we are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. You know, whenever you reach a point in Scripture where, you know, it's like, hey, that, 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 that doesn't make sense or that doesn't seem right, you would actually compare it to what the Scripture as a whole says about that topic. And if you find, you know, numerous passages that support one and then there's a passage you're trying to interpret that says something different, then you would obviously go with the majority. So is baptism necessary for salvation? Well, according to the the scriptures, no, that wouldn't make sense because time and time and time again, we read of a God who is gracious, a God who makes the way, a God who provides Jesus and the life and ministry of Jesus is sufficient for the payment of sin. Can I get an amen? That's what the scriptures teach. So it is not water and spirit or baptism and, and then salvation. But there are other scholars, and I'm going to put myself in this camp. I'm going to nail my colors to the mast here. I'm going to put myself in this camp. I actually think the word water refers to the spirit. And you're probably thinking, hang on, Jace, that doesn't make sense. So you're saying that unless one is born again, he must be born of the spirit and spirit? Well, what happens is when you go back to, man, I think I'm going to drop some Greek on you. Do I drop Greek on you very often here at Gateway Redlands? I don't. Oh, I'm not going to start doing that now. Don't worry about it. If you take the word spirit, um, uh, where are we? Um, water and spirit. That, wa- that word and also means even. So when you look at that verse, uh, where are we again? Where are we again? Verse, uh, verse 5, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water, even the spirit kind of like a double punch and emphasis on this point. That's what's required. And therefore, it makes sense. If you want to see the kingdom of heaven, where the Almighty reigns and rules, where the blessings of God flows, where there's no more sickness, sorrow, and sadness, where the dreams and desires of your heart are met, you must be born of the Spirit. Water, even the Spirit. And Jesus is saying that, you know, and this, this would have been mind-blowing for Nicodemus. Okay, we've all got a pretty good understanding of Nicodemus, right? You don't need me to recap him really quickly. Good man, righteous by works, held in high regard, heaps of authority, had invested his whole life into striving to be better, striving to get the approval of God, striving to get the respect of others. He was devoted to what he did. It would have blown his mind when Jesus said to him, no, no, you know what? No one can be born again, and no one can see the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again and born of the Spirit. It's not about what happens on the outside, but more so what happens on the inside. And in fact, in fact, the outward does not determine the reality of the inward. In fact, it's what's happening on the inside that determines the reality of the outside. That's what Jesus is saying here. You know, you can, you can do all these things. You can put all your time into this. You can observe the rituals and the rules and the regulations that you have established for yourself. And then you can give yourself a grade on how well you are going with abstaining from this, with reading so often, with praying so many times a day, with giving to different things. You can grade yourself. You can give yourself a score on how well you go at doing things. But at the end of the day, Jesus is saying, it's not about what happens on the outside. It's about what happens on the inside that can. And what happens on the inside is something that only God can do by his Holy Spirit. Nicodemus would have been like, what on earth is going on here? 
You know, Jesus, I like to call him the script flipper. He flips the script on everything that not only Nicodemus or the Pharisees had come to know. They had gotten comfortable. They had set life up the way they wanted it. They had, they had their place of authority and respect in the community. They were living large. They were big baller shot callers. They thought, you know, this is us. We're living the dream. I got Moses' seat under my backside. And then Jesus rocks up. Nicodemus has an encounter with him. And then Jesus said, no, 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 no. It's not about, hey, I did that really good. No, 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 no. It's not about what happens on the outside. It's what's on the inside. You need to be born of the Spirit to be born again and see the kingdom of heaven. Now, in this passage, we actually don't see any evidence of Nicodemus falling to his knees, confessing his sin before Jesus, and receiving him by faith as both Christ and Lord. We we don't see that. But if you were to do some research, and I reckon you should actually, here's some homework. I don't give you homework very often either, do I, here at Gateway Reverence? But hey, why don't you go home and uh, look into the life of Nicodemus, and you will see that he is mentioned a number of times in the Gospel of John, and there is a progression. There is a growth that happens in his life to the point where he boldly, boldly advocates for Christ. He boldly and verbally supports Jesus in the midst of extreme persecution and opposition. And if I was the gambling man, which I'm not, you know, I would say that God did a mighty work in Nicodemus' heart. And because of who he was, a good man, a wise man who was seeking, who was searching, who knew that there was something more, and he was doing all that with a sincere heart, I, uh, I reckon God grabbed him. Reckon by his grace, Nicodemus was saved and that he's a part of God's family. He's in the kingdom of heaven. And one day you can all go and tell him that you heard a great message on him at Gateway Redlands on July the 21st, 2019. But that's what I reckon. Nicodemus went on a good, good journey and eventually found himself in a good place in the presence of God. We're all searching for something. Some of us may feel like there is more to our current experience, either in life or in faith. And I wonder this morning, I wonder this morning, if it's because of something that we, and I'm guilty of this too, something that we have established in our life as like a yardstick, a measuring tool. And unless we get that, we're not going to feel satisfied. We're not going to feel fulfilled. We're not going to feel all those things that we know are a reality in the kingdom of heaven. Can't help but wonder if that's where some of us are at today. Well, the message that I think we receive from the story of Nicodemus is that striving to be good isn't good enough. Having all of your ducks in a row is not good enough. Or dare I say, required. And what we learn from Nicodemus is that if, if you have a sincere desire to seek Jesus and all that he offers you and all that's available in the kingdom of heaven, I believe God will do the rest. I believe he'll do that. You know, I get online and I look at some you know, discussion forums and look at big posts and comments and stuff, and eventually you'll, you'll read a question from someone about God or about faith or whatever, and it doesn't take too long to work out that they, they don't care what your answer is. 
You know, they just want to start an argument so that they can discriminate and make judgments and things along those lines. I do have a belief, though, and I don't know where all of you sit here this morning, except for in your seat, but I'm talking spiritually. Um, I do have a belief that if one sincerely seeks Jesus with an open heart and with an open mind and with a desire to hear and learn from him like Nicodemus, I, I believe they will find faith in Christ. I believe that with all my heart. But the message here this morning is, yeah, good, good enough is not good enough. Following some established way of life is not the way God wants us to go about things. And I'll tell you what, that, that's good news. That's good news because not everyone's going to be able to reach their goals. I mean, we're coming up with New Year resolutions every year and then changing them by January the 10th, you know? What we are reading here this morning is that Jesus says if one wants to see the kingdom of God, a place where all that kind of stuff happens, they just need to be born again by receiving the Spirit through believing in Jesus. John chapter 3, verse 16, you ready to go? John 3, 16, one of the most renowned passages of Scripture in the history of the world. Man, in the monster truck tournament, Devin Jones has John 3.16 plastered on the side of his truck. Keith Urban has a song where I think John 3.16 is listed in the title somewhere. I wouldn't know, actually. I don't listen to country music. In fact, I think it's of the devil. But apparently, Keith Urban's got a song where he refers to John 3.16. Do you know that every cup that you receive from In-N-Out Burger in America on the bottom inside rim, the verse John 3.16 is actually printed in there. Next time you go over there, go to In-N-Out Burger, buy a cup, have a look. Phenomenal. The most well-known and I guess read passage of scripture or verse in scripture uh, ever, arguably, arguably. John 3, 16. But just let me read it. Get ready. Buckle yourselves up. Here we go. For God so loved the world that he gave his, this is Jesus speaking, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is the gospel in its purest form. What must one do to see the kingdom of heaven? What must one do to have this, this, this void, this hole in their hearts fulfilled and filled and met and satisfied? It's simply by believing in the one whom God sent into the world, and that is Jesus. And we know that as we place our faith in Him, and as we give our lives to Him, and as we open our lives up to His leading uh, in this world, we know that He will fill us with His Spirit. We know that we will be born again, and that's the sermon for another time, being born of the Spirit. But we will be born again. We will be new creations. The old has passed, the new has come. And we have the hope of glory. We become more like Christ over time. That, my friends, is where true meaning, true satisfaction, and true fulfillment is found. But sadly, sadly, we sometimes look for love. Well, not look for love. We look for these things in all the wrong places. In all the wrong places. You know, the self-improvement industry is worth a staggering $53 million a year here in Australia. $53 million a year. 
You know the Fitbit? Anyone here rocking a Fitbit right now? Got a couple? Yeah, cool. You know the Fitbit was in the top three selling tech items here in Australia last year? Uh, nothing against Fitbits. They're great. In fact, I want one myself. Uh, but you know, there you can monitor your step count, how many calories you burn, uh, all that kind of stuff. I think they somehow connect to that there, but I'm not quite sure because I actually don't know what that is. Um, but the Fitbit top three tech items sold in Australia last year. Uh, according to Amazon Australia, uh, three of the top 10 selling books in Australia were all about self-development, self-improvement, and things along those lines. What's my point? Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Freedom and autonomy seems to be the preferred way of living here in Australia. You know, autonomy is about... Uh, about uh, you know, truth being relative, truth being whatever you want it to be. And then, uh, you know, um, freedom is not about making the right decision, but any decision. Now, this is a way of life that people are preferring, and it concerns me because how can one discover purpose and how can one know what is right and wrong if you're committed to a life of autonomy and individualism and freedom? Religious pluralism. What's my point? Hold that thought. Religious pluralism. All right, where all roads lead to God. All roads go to the same place. Why, why are people celebrating this? Why are people encouraging this? Because we don't want to upset anyone. You know, just everyone be happy. Everyone love each other. Everyone support each other. Absolutely. But we don't want to let people get involved in things that we know aren't good for them and that are ultimately going to lead to destruction and heartache. What's my point? No longer do you need to hold that thought. I'm going to tell you what my point is to those three things. When people are focused on developing as people, looking after themselves, wanting to have freedom, wanting to decide how they live life and determine truth, you know, a religious pathway that includes everything. You know, what, what's the spirit behind that? What, what's going on there? This is what I reckon is happening, okay? And you guys can push back on me if you disagree, but then you'll need to leave the church after that, okay? So just, just quick heads up. But you can push back on me if you like, but this is what I reckon is happening. I reckon this world is craving righteousness and they don't even know it. That's what I reckon is happening. And I reckon that's happening. And when I say righteousness, I mean that they're craving what we receive when you are right with God. Peace, love, joy, a place in God's family. That's what people are craving. They don't even realize it. So they go looking for this, what we call God-shaped hole, uh, they go looking to fill this God-shaped hole in all the wrong places. Like, okay, if only I'm healthier. And that's good. I'm not speaking against that. If only I'm stronger. And that's good. I'm not speaking against that. If I only get my step count up. If only, you know, everyone felt loved and were affirmed in their way of doing spirituality. You know, I, I, I get it. But the reason why I think all that's going on is because people are craving righteousness. They actually want the things of Jesus. But sadly, they're looking in all the wrong places. You know, uh, theologian and philosopher Augustine uh, made a great statement in his Confessions of uh, 398, I think it was, something like that, maybe later. I was never great with dates. I don't even know my kids' birth dates, to be honest. Um, but he talks about this God-shaped hole in our hearts. And then he, he makes one of the greatest statements that I think ever. He says, Oh God, you have created us for yourself. Our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. You have created us for yourself. Our hearts are restless 
until they rest in thee. I think there's some profound truth in that. Profound truth. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And Bono knew it only too well. Larry Mullen Jr. knew it only too well. Now, you know, the things of this world, there's actually two theories. Sorry, a quick little side note. I'm aware of the time, so just stay with me. Quick little side note, two theories about why that song was written. One, you two and a few members of that group who sung the song that uh, I taught Clinton Lauren how to sing, um, they, uh, you know, there, there's a theory that you two uh, had experienced the things of the world and it just wasn't enough. It didn't satisfy that God-shaped hole in the heart. That was one theory. But the other theory was that Bono had actually made a decision of faith, but because he hadn't come to a place of full surrender, that he didn't find his decision of faith to be fulfilling either. But whatever way you look at it, what we need in order to see the kingdom of God and experience all that we can when we live in a place where God reigns and rules, where his blessings flow, all that kind of stuff, is an encounter with Jesus. And when we encounter Jesus, we're born of the Spirit, we're born again, and we can stop our striving, we can stop our pursuing, we can stop all the effort that we've got to put into what we think pleases God. Now listen, don't get me wrong here as well. We know that as a result of what happens on the inside, we end up living a life that pleases God, but sometimes the way we live our life for God can take over what makes us a child of God. And when we're in that position, we're on dangerous, dangerous ground. Does that make sense? God living, not living God. Saved by grace through faith in Christ alone and encounter with Him. That's what we're seeking here this morning. Hey, uh, would you pray with me? Would you uh, bow your heads and close your eyes? And, and this morning, I just want to set the room to task. I want, you to, I want you to spend some time with Him today. And I want you to ask Him to reveal anything in your heart and in your life that you have set up or established as a measuring stick, as a yardstick, as a way of gaining God's approval and favour. I just want, want you to ask God to reveal that to you. Maybe it's your ministry. Maybe it's your theological point of view. Maybe it's the charity that you're a part of. Maybe it's the hobby that you enjoy. Maybe it's that substance that you spend too much money on and time with. Maybe it's that diet. Whatever it is, just ask God right now to reveal what you have established, what you have set up as a measuring stick to gain God's approval and favor. Just, just allow God to reveal that to you this morning. I believe his word to you today. I want you to receive this by faith this morning, church. I reckon the word that he has for you today is to simply encounter him. Encounter him. Just lay it all down. 
come to Jesus this morning, have an encounter with him, and you just watch him flip the script in your life. Just enjoy his presence. Enjoy his mercy. Father God, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters and for myself here. I'm in on this too. God, I pray that we would be a people who celebrate the grace that saves us, who celebrate the grace that sustains us, and also the grace that sends us. God, we are all children of grace, products of grace. And we know that this grace has a name, and his name is Jesus. And this morning, God, we pray, or I pray, that all of us here would encounter you today. God, I pray that as we come to you, as we seek you with sincerity, like Nicodemus, that you would just blow our mind with your grace and with your love and with your presence. God, if there's anyone here this morning who has felt the need to be good by doing the right things, God, would you just release them from that spirit of religion this morning? Help them just to encounter you and enjoy your presence. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you who can, can I invite you to stand with me? Uh, this morning, and I'm going to get the prayer team to come out the front right now, if that's okay. I'll get one or two of you on this side and the other one or two on this side. And uh, look, if, if you know, if you're feeling like there has been something missing in your heart and in your life today, and you know it's Jesus, now I invite you to come forward and allow our prayer team uh, to pray for you and uh, ask God to have an encounter with you this morning. And for those of you who are already walking by faith, but, but you know, you just, you've, you've lost that, that peace, you've lost that satisfaction, you too know there is something more. Perhaps you've already got your finger on what it is that you've established that's gotten in the way of being a child of grace. Let me invite you to come and just allow our prayer team to pray that you would just have an encounter with Jesus this week. That's all we're going to pray for. So uh, if you still haven't found what you're looking for, If there's something missing in your life, it's going to be a bold and courageous step to come and receive prayer this morning. Hey, but think about this. At least you're not doing it secretly in the middle of the night, right? Why don't you step out right now? Come and receive some prayer as we sing only Jesus this evening. Come on. Come and let some people pray for you today. We hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We're a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.